Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vest, strap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. If I can make a living from walking in the woods. Good morning, Chattanooga area. And if you're in Tennessee, smoke them if you got them. I believe that would be a reference to muzzleloader season. Smoke pole. And blow some blow some blue smoke up in the air. Uh-huh. Many people look forward to this greatly. Oh yeah. Jimmy McGowan. We'll probably hear from Jimmy now. He's he's actually hunting again. You it's mean he's up? He's muzzleloader season. Well yeah, he's up now. Yeah. You know who else is a big uh black powder fan? Who? Our good friend Sonny the Duck Hunter. He black powder hunts squirrels, mm-hmm. possums. That's true. That's true. Geese, possums, ducks, possums, raccoons. He black powder hunts everything. So cranes, crane. He black powder hunts cranes. So absolutely, absolutely. That other voice you're hearing would be none other than MC Shop Professor. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm running on. Less than three hours sleep, so I'm all right. Good. I'm working on it. How was it? Uh, and what the, we're talking about last night, you emceed the uh, fifth annual fly fishing film tour. It was awesome. The films were really, really great. The again, the cinematography on these things was just absolutely awesome. If you've never been better to one, than us with our iPhones, oh gosh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, they had like you know. HD drones flying above some of these things, and uh, the films were absolutely great. Uh, lots of stuff this year from remote islands, but they also did uh, local stuff in uh, South Dakota, okay, Idaho. Um, were they using pheasant flies in South Dakota? I'm not sure what they were using. Uh, that was a Hank Patterson film, so so there was comedy involved. Oh, there was much comedy involved in that one. Um, the so they went to the somewhere out in the Seychelles area, and it was an island called Koi Koi, mm-hmm. and they were catching fish that I have I would need to look at a book to identify. And you know me, I know you know fish. I know fish, so I was looking at these fish, going, "Okay, I need to think about that one when I get home." They were they said what they were, but uh, part of that one was in French, and my French is lacking. Um, the fact that you have French isn't very impressive. Well. Um, they had a lot of great films this year. The Several of them this year did multi-species within the same state. The ones in Idaho, they did steelhead. They did trout. They did musky. And by musky, I mean big, toothy, monster musky. Okay. And that was a really great film. So, I, no, I really enjoyed being there last night. We probably had around 200 people there last night. We have... Wow, we have outgrown our our site, so we're going to be looking for a new site next year because it has grown every year. It was an awesome event. Uh, the only problem I had is when I looked out into the crowd when I first got up on stage, it kind of looked like an Al Qaeda training camp with all the beards. A lot of the a lot of the fishing guides have beards, so oh. like a lot of people, well, present company included as well. 
So, you know, it kind of looked like, you know, I was speaking to Al-Qaeda out Our there. Our producer has a beard, too. Well, true. You're the beardless one. Yeah. Maybe it's you. It could be. But, uh, no, it was a great evening. Uh, a lot of young people out. Glad to see a lot of young people out. Uh, had a DU uh, coalition there as well. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Sanders, uh, Eric, and a few other guys, Andrew, uh, had a had a big uh, support from the DU contingent at the TU event. So, Thanks to all those guys as well. So was that an actual TU event? Yes, that oh. was an actual TU event. It, uh, it benefited uh, Chapter 137, which is the Appalachian chapter, and we used that money, and what we normally do is use the money from that event, and we give it to the aquarium to help with the stocking of native brook trout. We give it to the aquarium to help their ongoing efforts in Why stocking. Why don't you use it trout. to help stock uh, Lake Junior? Absolutely not. Not a chance not a chance. I, I will vote that down. I'm on the board, and I'm going to vote that one down real quick. And no, they have not put out the stocking schedule. Yes, I checked. They haven't put out when they're going to do it yet. So when they do, I'll let you know. So you can go over there without me. You'll be there. Right? Yeah, probably. I'll be over there. We're probably going to do our trout out and about trout freeze out, assuming it's not going to freeze us out this year. We'll probably be out at uh, Lake Junior as Trout Unlimited kind of – Doing some PR stuff and maybe handing out some coffee or cold drinks or weather dependent. If it's real cold, we'll hand out warm drinks. If it's if it's if it's temp- like last year, if it's like last year, we'll hand out coffee. If it's tempted, we'll hand out cold drinks. So, well, the weather finally is broken. Thank goodness. The sweater's out. It's below thirty degrees. Yes, which is nice. Good good time to start muzzleloader season. It is. I. You know, the biggest deer I've ever killed was the muzzleloader. I was about to say, yeah. Ten-pointer. Mm-hmm. Sweet. That was a cool, that was a pretty cool story. Well, do tell. Well, you were there. I know I was there, but the people listening might not. They weren't there. So, we're going muzzleloader hunting. Right. Up at our friend's Corky's right. place. And you didn't have a muzzleloader. No, I did not. I had a couple. Yes, you did. So, I gave you my good one. Scoped. With the scope, uh, Thompson, nice. I mean, it was a nice gun. And you sent me in squirrel heaven. Well, I sent you where the deer weren't, apparently. That's for true. And then I took my not nice one, which was a, seriously, $129 at Sam's muzzleloader. Without a scope. Without a scope, open-sided. And, and I was pretty comfortable with it. Remember, we went to the range before and you shot once at a hundred yards and put it i mean dead center and said i'm good i'm good yeah i, I dale arnharded it there. yep and uh so so we're sitting there and and i'm sitting in my stand enjoying the the, the cool air and and this monster comes out and i'm sitting there and he i knew he was at about 130 yards only because he was where you had shot your deer, so I knew about the distance from the stand to where he was at. Right. And so I'm like, oh, boy, I'm not sure. That's a long shot without a scope. And So I kind of sit there, and then the next thing I know, a little doe comes out, or a big doe, who obviously was flirting with the, the big buck because she— I, I'm hearing this conversation in my head. Hey, big boy. Come on, boy. Come on, boy. <laughs> so she started towards me. And he started towards me, and I'm like, I like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ended up shooting it at, what, 
30 yards, maybe, maybe 30 feet. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, I guess it was about 30 feet, about 10 yards, yeah, because mm-hmm. he, he, he came right down in front of the stand, made the curve following her, and I stopped his chase. You dispatched him. I dispatched his chase. And, meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, I am still over in deer oblivion. Yes, with squirrels all around me, and I haven't seen haven't seen a deer. But all you day. had the opportunity with a, a good gun to get one. I did. I did have if the opportunity. One if one came out, and the only thing that came out were squirrels, and I'm trying to figure the lead on a squirrel <laughs> with a 50 caliber <laughs> black powder <laughs> muzzle loader. You know, I saw the debate um, start up again about straight walled cartridges. Th- this is something that's going to keep coming back and back. People wanted to use straight-walled cartridges. I'd love to hear what people think because it got voted down pretty soundly at the commission last time it came up. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they're, they're gearing up to make another run. Hmm. And that's where you can use straight-walled cartridges. So none of the things with the lots of powder and little bullet-type stuff. Um and I, there's several, 4570, I believe, is straight wall. There's I, there's a bunch of them. Uh, but they also want it to be uh, single shot, rolling block type. So they're wanting to basically, it's not a muzzleloader. It's now a firearm of some kind. And granted, it is not a, it's not like shooting a, uh, uh, a seven millimeter out there. I mean, you're not, you're not going to get the distance out of these things. Uh, but what do you think? Is that a muzzleloader? No, it's not a muzzleloader. Is, should that be allowed? And that's that's the big question that keeps coming back, coming back again. I don't know. Well, you know, last week I brought up the question, what's the difference between a muzzleloader that shoots, let's say, accurately to 100 yards mm-hmm. and a shotgun, both probably about 50 caliber in size? Mm-hmm. Now, granted... A shotgun, you can get off a second shot a lot quicker, but you're not going to be taking any 300-yard shots with a shotgun. Correct. Now, the technology has changed with some of these muzzle loaders. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys are taking these 300-yard shots and being very successful in yes. doing it. Yes, I agree. So I've got one that I could. Yeah, my my new one is. I I would not. I would I would personally I, with the one, I know that firearm. I would have no problem taking a shot after 200, 250 yards yeah. without, without a problem. But, you know, a lot of the guys who hunt shotguns think, you know, well, same caliber, same size, one and done. But you can reload a lot quicker with a shotgun mm-hmm. versus a muzzleloader. But, you know, it, it all depends on, you know, walled, walled cartridges or not. So TWA has a lot to think about. Constantly, new things, and I understand. And, and other states do certain things, and we certainly don't follow the lead of other states. We're only concentrating on our state. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that we won't look at what another state's done and how successful they were. Perfect example of that is the velvet hunt. Um, we looked to Kentucky and saw what they had done, and looked at their numbers and see how it had changed the mix of hunting and. Uh, and harvest and things like that before we experimented with ours. And ours has been, in my mind, pretty successful. And, I mean, you got – and, you know, if somebody wants to call in and talk ballistics, that's fine. 
but you've got some of those rifles out there. Ballistic coefficients. Ballistic coefficients. I would not take a 200, 200 or 300 yard shot with a 30 30 because I do not, I don't think that caliber is good enough to reach out that far. Then you've got lever action, what's 1894 lever actions that are 357. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which definitely don't have yeah, it, that kind of ballistics. Right. And I mean, you got guys out there with 30 out six. I would take a 300 yard shot with a 30 out six without any reservations. And, and that's, that's kind of funny you say that. You know, I've I've said it many times. I was never a deer hunter until I was in my 30s. And my first deer hunting experience was in West Tennessee over bean fields and and cornfields. They wouldn't even let me go hunting until I could consistently hit at 300 yards. So I didn't think a thing about taking a 300-yard shot. But after I killed my first deer over there at 300 yards, people around here were going, wow, I've never taken a shot that far. And... Sure enough, you don't. I, mean, I just killed a ten pointer here with at thirty yards. Right. So I mean, I understand. Right. Uh, and it's the difference between wide open field versus woods and things like that. So it's it's a different environment. I, and I kind of think, and I mean, if somebody wants to call in and debate me on this, I will be more than happy to. When I went to school up north in Kentucky, we had the what we called the rolling hills of Kentucky, and that's kind of what we got here. I mean, you have these rolling hills. Yeah. You're not going to be taking 300 yard shots. I mean, my very first deer I took was at 139. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Come the ducks, hit the high baller. Coming straight to the phones, 
You called him out. Muzzleloader extraordinaire. Sonny the Duck Hunter. Hey, man. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm doing real good. You know, muzzleloader season, that's my favorite. That's what that's what Rob said earlier. Yeah, I heard him. And uh, <laughs> speaking of Sandhill Cranes, did you guys know they got here yesterday? I did not. They're here? Yeah, they're way early this year, and I was sitting in a tree right before I stuck my fourth antlerless deer, and uh, cranes just poured into Chickamauga. I was down there kind of close to Skull Island a little bit. Yeah. And uh, on my way out, there was people at the boat ramp gawking and taking pictures, and there was hundreds upon hundreds of cranes came in yesterday. Sweet. Sweet. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know what I had the other day? I I had some Canadian crane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a whole bunch of them out there. I was at a buddy of mine's. They uh, invited me to come up and help their driveway out. They they had so many deer in their driveway, it caused six thousand dollars worth of damage to a Mercedes. Uh oh. And uh, they hit the same deer two days in a row and finally killed him. <laughs> so <laughs> that was crazy. But it was a a pretty nice size uh, six point, and my buddy's wife hit it in her Mercedes and. Didn't damage their Mercedes too bad, and the deer ran off. And then the very next day, in the same exact spot, at the end of their driveway, she hit him again and killed him. Just out of curiosity, so, how fast is she driving in their driveway? <laughs> well, it, it's it's out there in the country. You know, they got them mile-long driveways and everything. But anyhow, uh, yeah, they invited me to please come over and clean the driveway out. So did you? I stuck two of them over there for them, and then over at the other spot, some people on Hunter Road asked me to come over there and clean their driveway out. So I went over there and stuck one there too. Nice, nice. You I are keep, you are just an in uh, a maintenance kind of guy. It was uh, it, it was uh, so far so good. Uh, a good uh, deer season. I, I've never tagged completely out on does during during deer season. Now I have during muzzleloader before, and that's something I wanted to ask you about. You guys have spoken previously about having too many deer and not enough deer hunters, and I was just curious. You know, you took away a couple of does from the muzzleloader hunt and uh, took away a buck, and now we're you know down to. 10 deer a year I can shoot in Hamilton County. And when I started 12 years ago, you could shoot 13. Yes, sir. You are correct. Uh, and it seems like there's more deer now than ever. And it made me wonder, you know, if we can have some uh, bonus deer near the city limits or something. Well, uh, this is actually coming up next year is our season setting. And that's something they look at every year as far as the the uh, the amount of deer that can be harvested by any one hunter, uh, you yes, are sir. you are the rare exception. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, when we looked at it before, Sonny, uh, I think it was less than two percent, maybe less than three percent, actually harvest more than one deer a year. So yeah, a lot of guys are trying to hang them horns on the wall, and I, I have 
I've got one hanging on the wall, but it was an accident. I mean, he was the first deer that walked in that day because, you know, I, I don't wait on bucks or racks or anything like that. I've got three freezers and lots of hungry friends and hunters for the hungry and everything else, and you can't kill too many deer. <laughs> I agree. That and you can't eat antlers. You can't eat antlers. That's true. My, my dogs would argue with that. <laughs> that's fair enough. That's Yeah, that's fair. that's a fair argument. But it is something that we uh, we constantly look at as far as the 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 harvest and uh, the numbers and uh, and I'm sure that's going to be discussed here in the very near future. Yeah, I knew you guys did, and I just wanted to put the bug in your ear. There's too many deer and not enough deer hunters, and and uh, you know if y'all need some help, I'll shoot some more. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank ha- you. But, uh, have gun, will travel. Yeah, and you guys were talking about the uh, muzzleloader thing, muzzleloader hunting cranes. Uh, my buddy that I took one year, uh, uh, he wanted to shoot one with a bow, so I landed a bunch of them right in front of the decoys, and he shot one with a bow. And then the next bunch that came in, I could not restrain myself, and I made two headshots with my 10-gauge muzzleloader, and, and uh, he was so impressed he wanted the muzzleloader reloaded so he could try it, and then... So he went and got him one, and this year we're doing uh, muzzleloader hunts uh, for cranes. And then, you know, the Deception Decoy guys, one of their guys has always hunted with a muzzleloader. And, and uh, me talking about it and him and everything, a, a bunch of them got muzzleloaders to hunt cranes with. So it started catching on with a few people. It's a lot of fun. I know that. I may have to do it with the muzzleloader. Good luck. That'd it's, be fun. Uh, it's a heck of a lot of fun, man. Uh, you know, I, I uh, the the ten gauge uh, throws an ounce and a half load. Sonny, Odin. No, oh, there you and, go. And uh, it's a a fully capable weapon. I did some autopsies on some wood ducks, you know, and and uh, I was shooting number two steel shot all the way through wood ducks from about thirty yards away, and it's a. Uh, it's a fully capable weapon. You got to get used to. There's a little bit of a a delay when you you know pull the trigger. It's a little bit slower than a modern gun. Uh, but uh, other than that, and you, you know because of that, you have to lead them a good bit. Uh, and the muzzle velocity is not the same as a modern gun. So you got to. It's kind of like you got to lead them like when I was a kid and we used to shoot lead shot at them, or you, lead shot at ducks. Yeah. But anyway. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of stinky. <laughs> well, I, I do agree. I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, I was, I was, I was. Do you do you do Facebook? You do Facebook, don't you? Yeah, I'm on there. Yeah. Do you um, do you do you follow the Sandhill Crane Hunters page on Facebook? Uh, no, there's there's two or three different ones, and I I just uh, I, it's uh. I get aggravated about, uh, you know, people and money and hunting, and there seems like it's a lot about advertising and stuff like that. I, I, don't, I, I don't follow them. I got on there and asked uh, where JB was at this year because he has a crane call um, that uh, made, you know, that landing call, just a real quiet little, brrr, you know, all that drilling right. and, honking like a pterodactyl and all that kind of stuff that'll get their attention from a long way away but if you want to get them to land in front of you you got to be able to do that real low little anyways uh and uh his uh crane call makes that low little clicking sound better than 
what mine do. If you want to get their attention from a long way away, mine are fantastic. But when you get ready to land them, you got to be able to make that quiet little, it's some kind of a welcoming call, you know, like a right. five quack for a duck. Right. And uh, it, it's uh, just uh, like a, a welcoming call. Hey, everything's relaxed over here. Uh, you know, come eat in the mud with us. You know, I hunt them in the sloughs and the creeks and right. the swamps and and all like that. So, I can't. But I uh, bought one of bought one of JB's calls because of that. I cannot wait to uh, get out there this year. Since I didn't get out there last year, I'm excited about this yes. year. I'm a, I'm a, I may yeah. actually hunt over three days just so I can and really enjoy it. Just take one a day. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's what I usually do is uh, shoot one a day because, you know, uh, they're pretty easy if, you know, if you've got a good spot and a good setup and, and all like that. And I used to just shoot one a day. That one day it was just, uh, you know, I, I made such a perfect headshot on that full first crane. I had to shoot another one because it was just so good to me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I usually try to make it, uh, you know, last year I took my old Flintlock 20 gauge which uh, I jam a ounce and a half down the barrel on that one too. So right. when you do hit them, it it's a, an effective weapon. But that uh, the timing of the flintlock on a flying bird is extremely <laughs> difficult. I imagine it is. I imagine. I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking you're going one Mississippi, two Mississippi, bang. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something just about like that, but. Uh, uh, they they say that they go off in point seven of a second, and I've got a a fully polished uh, uh, flintlock. The tumbler and everything is uh, entirely you know hand polished. So uh, and I've got the uh, the little uh, the vent hole that uh, has the little backboard channel in it. So the main powder charge is actually closer to the pan, and uh, so when the flint hits the frizzing and the sparks fly. It goes off just a little bit faster, maybe a half a second. Yeah. And so, uh, just the the main thing you got to watch for is uh, the velocity. The muzzle velocity is not nearly the same out of uh, your muzzleloader guns, and it's different between the the short barreled cap gun and the long barreled fouling piece. It's it's uh it's it's a difficult thing to learn how to do. I, I, be, I bet I bet it is. Anyways, well, right, you man. guys have a good show and a good deer season and a good crane season, and maybe I'll see you out there. Look forward to it, Sonny. Thank you, man. Yep. Bye. Goodbye. Sonny the Duck Hunter, one of the most enjoyable people that I've ever sat down with. Oh, yeah. He's a hoot. He is. And uh, don't get me wrong, he is a muzzleloader guy. Deer, duck, he hunts them with muzzleloaders. He does. And he has modern stuff, too. But he does the muzzleloader. All right, we'll be right back. Campfires are burning, we're gathered round. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. 
While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Sports Warehouse provides outstanding gear and exceptional service to inspire lots of outdoor memories. Because whether it's fishing, camping, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. You'll find name brand products at better prices. Now, if you don't see the gun you want at the store, go to sportsmans.com for over 8,000 additional guns to choose from. You can have it shipped directly to the store with everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special discounts. Be sure to like and follow them on Facebook and look for special events, promotions, and prizes. Sports Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. This is a good song. Mm-hmm. Fishing. You got any fishing since we're playing fishing songs? I do have some fishing. Uh, we've got uh, some sad news. Oh, okay. I was going with sad. This goes well with the song. Good job, Rob. Thank you. See, that's that whole you know radio professional coming out right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, speaking of the bait shop, if you've ever been around a bait shop or been around uh, television, you've probably seen Jerry McKinnis, who had the fishing hole show for a long, long time. Forty-something years. Uh, yep. Jerry McKinnis, uh, the former BASS co-founder, founder mm-hmm. of all that, has passed away. He was in the hospital for six weeks dealing with an infection that cropped up after a fishing trip in Wyoming. Uh, McKinnis was 82 years old. He yeah, was, now he wasn't on a co-founder of Bass. He was a co-owner. He bought, I'm sorry, co-owner. He and, he and um, uh, Logan, Don Logan, bought Bass um Back in 2010, hmm. uh, and then they sold it in 2017. Many people give them a lot of credit for kind of bringing the organization back and kind of bringing it in, into yeah. focus, especially with television, because he was a he was a host of the fishing hole for 44 years. He always wore a St. Louis. He played he played professional baseball yes. too. Yes. Uh, he was a member of the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, and the International Game Fish Association Hall of Fame. Uh, but Mr. McKinnis, who was 82, has passed on. It's sad that he got sick from fishing. Well, I guess going out doing something you love. I mean, well, an infection, I guess. You know, that's not really the way to go. But, you know, if you're on a trout stream and you, if you're in a trout stream in Wyoming or something and you pass away, hey, I can't think of a better place. Uh, I used to watch the fishing hole. Uh, oh, I always yeah. enjoyed it. It was it was a low key show, and he always had the dachshund dog with him. Yes, yes, always, always had his little dachshund with him. So that was a great show. But uh, sad news: Jerry McKinnis has passed away. Uh, but I do have a happy story in fishing. All right, an eight year old girl lands a record trout. She also gave it a really cute name. It's bigger than she is. Oh, it is. Uh, somewhere in Idaho. On Lake Penn Oriel, I'm guessing. Okay. I'm going to call it Penn Oriel, is a state record rainbow trout named Old Man Sparkles. The trophy sized fish was caught and released by last month by eight year old Sophie Egiz 
while her father, Captain Robert Wiley, was captaining the boat. It was a catch of a lifetime measuring 36.5 inches, brilliantly colored and full of spots, a beautiful fish that Sophie could have kept, but she refused. They took measurements, and while they were taking measurements, Sophie conjured up the catchy nickname Old Man Sparkles. So she put Old Man Sparkles back into the water. And when she did so, she was so happy to see him swim away. Now, here's the thing. They can do state catch and release records, and they can do catch and keep records in Idaho. Okay. The catch and release category accepts records based on length. Sophie's trout, however, weighed an impressive 22.46 pounds. Wow. That's a big rainbow trout. Uh, she hooked the f- giant rainbow on a trolled streamer fly. The rod bent mightily towards the water, and she said she had a very big fish, and she knew it was a potential record. She fought it all by herself. So Mr. Smart, Mr. Old Man Sparkles is now happy swimming somewhere back in the lake for another angler to catch. That's a pretty good story. Cute little girl. Uh, go go I, whoa, whoa, whoa. back down. Go back down. What was the last sentence there? Every time we drive across the Long Bridge in Sandpoint, she always comments, I bet Old Man Sparkles is so happy. Yep. That's funny. That's awesome, though. That is. That is. And I'm good for them for letting her let it go. If yeah. that's what she wanted to do, you know, you and I have talked about this. We get these uh, people that that think somehow they have an invitation to comment on everything that's done by other people. Right. And you get people that, you know, give you a hard time because you don't, number one, you don't eat trout. It's just not. It's, it's not one of like. my favorites. No. Yeah. So it's the people give you a hard time about it, or, or because you catch and release all the time. And it's none of their darn business. Yeah. I mean, I paid my license fee just like you did, so I can, you know, if I land a fish and release it, that's up to me. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this year I'll catch a big old man sparkles. I like that name. Old man sparkles. Old man sparkles. Now, do you name your fish when you let them go? No, but uh, I have taken children fishing who have named fish. Um, I took my niece fishing when she was real small. My niece uh-huh. is now, in, I think, in her mid-20s, like 24, 25. When she was small, uh, my wife and I took her fishing, and we were out catching brim. And she, everyone was named, we had Dory number one, Dory number two, Dory number three. Then we had a Nemo, and we had like five or six Dories, but she had to pet every fish before we released it. And by pet, she had to, like, touch it. Right. Not pet it, just kind of touch, touch it. How old was she then? Probably five, six. See, that's the kind of stuff you get to use at her wedding to really embarrass oh, her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to embarrass the ever-living heck out of her at her wedding. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, most definitely. Um, so those are that is what is in fishing news. Um, Can you believe No, no, no. It's We're at another break. Can you believe it? Holy crud we are, aren't we? The show is Man, racing is by. by. I was ready to do another story. I'm sorry. I do apologize. I'm... Apparently not a radio professional because I'm not watching the clock. That's all right. That's why I'm here. I'm here. To, I'm here to help. You're here to rein me in. I'm here to help. Or reel me in. Reel you in. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. Sportsman's Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. 
Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Coming straight to the phones, just a couple minutes left in this hour. Beaver Man, how are you, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, sir. Um, enjoyed the uh, event last night. Tony, you were missed. Well, um, I appreciate that. I was not. I just had one of those days where I just didn't feel right. If that makes sense. I have a lot of those days, Tony. And, as you know, as we get older and start that journey downhill. Yes, sir. You get more and more of those. Like I, the the big buck my friend killed last weekend. Okay. It, uh well, they saw two two guys saw two different bucks. Um, one, he said it was a monster, but the the tines just the, his his antlers just weren't that impressive. And um, he shot this thing pretty close. He was actually at 15 paces when he shot this thing out of a little pop up. Weighed it. It was 225 pounds on the hoof. Wow. Um, and then he got it home and he aged it from the skull. Said yep. it was five and a half years old. Awesome. I mean, so it was wide enough, but the you know the tines just weren't real long. One of them was broken. It wasn't wasn't that impressive of a rack. Um, so he had started down. The other one Jimmy saw was was huge. Right. He said, but same thing. He said the tines just weren't just wasn't an impressive rack. Um. I saw one monster deer last weekend, and much to the detriment of my personal health. I heard something crunch, and I spun around. And, man, this uh, just when the sun was hitting, I saw these huge antlers, five on one side, and this massive thing just walking through a clear cut. And by the time I got my glasses up, I saw him for a second and a half, and he disappeared. It's gone. Mm. Like a ghost, didn't didn't walk through the, this way, didn't step into the road the other way, just just vanished. Mm. Crazy. They so, do that. Yeah. At least anyway. it wasn't a squirrel. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, <coughs> excuse me. Good I don't one. have a cough button on my phone. Yeah. More. Uh, do you have more uh, more trips down to Georgia? I don't know if I'll get another one this year. I'm, um, you know, it's an invite only. Okay. And um, not one of the things that I can just say, hey, I'm going in there. Gotcha. But uh, it's uh, it's impressive. You see a lot of big deer. You see a ton of deer. Right. And because it's the trophy area, you see a lot of small bucks. I mean, so you'll see a lot of buck activity, a lot of sixes and small eights that just you know, aren't legal. It has to be a 16-inch. Right. Here and of course the the trick with that is you got to get down, run over with your tape measure, sure, and stretch it on his antlers. Beaver man, we got to go, man. Top of the hour, hard break. Hey, y'all Sorry. be cool. Nice. See you, man. See you, buddy. We'll be right back. Tony Center's outdoors. Campfires are burning. We're gathered round in chairs. Three generations. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. 
your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. I can make a living from walking in the woods. I'm not sure what we do is called making a living, but welcome back to the second hour of Tony Sanders Outdoors. I'd like to make a living doing something I enjoy. I mean, you don't? Okay. Uh, yeah. It depends on the day. Some days, yes. Some days, no. And I know that that I know it that happens with every job, but it just seems like in education, I spend more time banging my head on a wall to keep from screaming than I do anything else. Well, a lot of that's the direct result of the students you happen to have that semester. True. So. True. And I get to deal with them for 13 weeks. So <laughs> that's absolutely true. All right. Hour number two, we got, you know, let's hit the calendar since we didn't get to hit it last time. All right. We're talking to our good friend, Beaverman. Uh, it was it was great to see him out there and his lovely wife, Kathy. Did it, she come out there? She did. She did. She, she I think she had a good time. She had some pizza, so she looks like she was having a great time. So, Miss Kathy, if you're listening, good morning. It was great to see you last night. Uh, coming up on the 18th and 19th of January is the 29th annual Tennessee Sandhill Crane Festival at the Hiawassee Refuge. Goes from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Lots of events, vendors, possible sh- raptor shows, all kinds of great things happening out there. Fun for the whole family. That is the 18th and 19th of January. On the 2nd, uh, check that, on the 1st of February, Bayside Baptist Wild Game Dinner at you Bayside. Said it. And I'm going slow, and that's why. Bayside Baptist Wild Game Dinner at Bayside Baptist is going to start about 4 o'clock-ish. What season open today? On the both of y'all, both and what you both can do. All right, hey, on the Facebook on the, Live can see you flipping us birds. All right, I'm not doing it yet. <laughs> I'm gonna. That's if you didn't have that camera on. I'd, on the eighth of February it's, is the Silverdale to say no. Silverdale Wild Game Dinner. Now you got me thinking about it. Silverdale Wild Game Dinner. It's Wild Baptist. Yeah, I got, I got, I got called on that last night. <laughs> I, I did. I got called on that by uh, one of the DU guys. He goes, "Oh, I hear you're going out. You're going to be heading out with the Wild Baptist." <laughs> <laughs> Silverdale Wild Game Dinner is going to be at Silverdale <laughs> Baptist Church with all the Wild Baptists at four o'clock on the eighth. And then if you don't have anything to do, if you're looking for something for your kids to do, seriously, this is a wonderful, wonderful event. The DU Greenhead Youth event is going to be March 14th. It's going to be at Covey Creek Farms. If you have a son, daughter, niece, nephew, grandson, granddaughter, you need to get them to this event because they can participate in lots of things. BB guns, archery, skeet shooting, fishing, mountain biking, all kinds of things. And all the kids walk out of there with a great bag full of goodies and, and mo- all of that is underwritten and supported by our friends at sportsman's warehouse it is it is and the guys from du put on a great event for the youth and it is strictly for the youth and every every kid has a smile and they they feed you it's a wonderful time for all the kids so that's going to be on march 14th of next year i have nothing uh christmas is december 25th that's the only thing else i got on this calendar well yes it is every year Mm -hmm. the same day yep uh (laughs) and it's muzzleloader season thank you very much it is muzzleloader season hey i don't know did we talk about this last week 
Um, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, our buddy, Richard Sims, I have to give him props. He put me on the back cover of Crappie Now Magazine. Yeah, I saw I saw your picture on the back cover of Crappie Now Magazine, and it had your TWA commissioner, Tony Sanders, enjoys crappie fishing, too. Yeah, I, I was just, I was very honored that that, that he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was from a, actually a trip uh, out with Richard, uh, with that Kyle bought, and uh, and we went out fishing and uh, had a great time, great day. And after the crappie bite turned off, we went and caught some catfish. Were those the crappie we cleaned when I was getting mosquito bit in February? Yes, it was actually. It was. I was wearing shorts in February. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I thought that was that was that was very nice of him. I really appreciated that. And of course, I have uh, milked it for all I can. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Isn't that what we're supposed to do? You milked it, as in sack of lay. Yes. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> good. 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 Well, I got some deer numbers. All right. For yeah. Let's 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 get into some honey. Uh, this week, uh, statewide. 18,842, an increase of 3,708 from last month, last week. Not last month, last week. Hamilton County this week has 440 deer taken. Bledsoe has 140. Bradley has 174. Grundy has 162. Marion has 336. McMinn has 252. Meggs has 256. Monroe has 115. Polk, 30. Ray, 313, and Sequatchie, 121. Hamilton's kicking butt. They are. They are. And Isn't it funny how we do so well with archery, but then we start falling off during gun season? Yeah. There's a lot of land in Hamilton County. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but th- that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Hamilton County. No doubt. No doubt. And I, I think the only reason we fall off is because the West Tennessee counties get rifle season and you can make those 300-yard shots. Well, and, and take unlimited. Yeah, un, unlimited deer per day. How, how, how many ever it is out there? Um, three. Three deer a day. Three doe a day. Doe a day. Yeah. Doe a day, a female day. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. Um, so they definitely... Uh, do catch up with us once they and and I enjoy hunting out there um, in West Tennessee, but it is truly wide open hunting. I mean, oh yeah, the shortest shot I've ever taken out there has been 180 yards. Wow. I mean, it's just it is what it is. So you just you got to be ready for it. Oh yeah. Um, I, I had something I was going to discuss, and now I can't think of it. Was it? Was it this? No. Okay. Um, it was. It was something that we said in the first hour that made me think of something, and and I didn't write it down because I don't have any paper with me, and now I, I my mind's gone. Okay. So we'll we'll. We'll see if it comes back. Um, I got some idiots outside, and I think you'll enjoy this one. Okay. Let's see here. We've got a we've got a true idiot outside. A man crashes car, grabs his tackle box, leaves the scene to go fishing. Well, then why is that an idiot outside? Well, 
Apparently, uh, according to Pittsburgh News, a man was driving down Route 28 in Natrona Heights, Pennsylvania, when he crashed his car, flipping it. I saw the wreck pictures. And then left the scene before the cops got there. This happened on Monday morning, November 4th. and the police responded to the scene. Apparently, the man lost control of the car for some unknown reason, flipped it, and it ended up upside down near the guardrails. Witnesses to the crash gave testimony that after he flipped the vehicle, he crawled out, proceeded to grab his fishing pole and tackle box from the back of the car. After collecting his gear, he walked away. Okay, so what's the big deal? Well, the ambulance uh, just so happened to be driving behind him. There was an ambulance behind him, when, and they witnessed the crash, and they pulled over, being the good ambulance people they are. Uh, when they asked him if he was all right, the man replied, I'm going fishing, and walked away. Was alcohol involved? Doesn't say. Uh, okay. He basically left the scene of an accident, which is kind of idiotic. But, uh, but he went fishing. I mean, it, he didn't want to mess up his fish. I understand you. I'm, I, can I'm see, I can see that. Okay, I can you. see that. I'm uh, with you. They're investigating. I mean, if I'm with him, you surely should be. Oh, I am. Uh, police are still investigating the crash and are still searching for the man because they couldn't find him because he grabbed his tackle box and went fishing. (laughs) Now, I'm sorry, that's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. So they'll charge him with leaving the scene of an accident? Probably. If he was inebriated, they'll never know now. They'll never know. I'm thinking he was because, you know, if you flip a car and your first concern is, oh, the heck with it, I'm going fishing. Ah, Yeah, probably. And it was early in the morning? Uh, in the morning, yeah. Okay. So there you go. He could have been coming home. One, All right. One never knows. Um, what were we gonna talk about? I don't know. Oh, let's go to the other outdoor news. There. I okay. Think I saw this story and, and posted it on Facebook, and I, I, I hope you saw it because it was actually in um, our area, I believe. Was it not? Uh. I think it was uh, Maryville, yes. Yeah, so. Uh, and I had a problem with the wording on this one. That was just me. Uh, it says here, Tennessee woman injured, uh, seriously injured in humanized deer attack while getting her mail. I would prefer to say not humanized, but there's a word I'm looking for and I can't domesticated? think. Domesticated? Yeah, uh, domesticated or uh, human contact. Humanized it just seems like a weird word. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like you're trying to put human characteristics on uh, anthropomorphization. Yeah, thank you. Should we? Should we? Yeah, let's go. To, yeah. All right, we'll we'll get that story, and we're gonna go to the phones real quick before the break. Hey, Sterling. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Wonderful. And yourself? I'm all right. Uh, I was listening to your uh, story that you read off about the gentleman flipping the car and then replying that he's going fishing. Uh huh. In my line of work, I've learned that um, just because, you know, there's an accident and somebody reacts differently doesn't necessarily mean they're under the influence of something. Head injuries and uh, diabetic ketoacidosis present the same way, like somebody's drunk. And it could have been very well that that gentleman was on his way to a fishing expedition and he had an episode medically and it caused the wreck. You know what I mean? And oh, I do. It could have been the result of his, his medical history or a head injury, God forbid. Oh, yeah. And so sometimes those head injuries present to where, you know, whatever they were doing before the injury 
as a result of the injury, their mind is locked into it, and that's the only way they can respond. Especially if they're coming post-dictal, too, as well. I mean, if they've had a seizure or something. so. Especially after post especially post-dictal. But you guys have a good morning. That's all I wanted to say. Hey, Sterling, thank you. And, and yes, uh, even though I, I was making fun of the situation just because I didn't know, uh, you, you bring up a very good point. Sterling is a, actually a firefighter and a mm-hmm. paramedic. And I appreciate him. Why didn't you keep me straight before I, Sterling got on to me? <sighs> Mr. Paramedic? Well, professor? Yeah. Professor of fire? My, my paramedic stuff. license has been expired for like decades. Yeah, but you just used a, a post-dictal po- whatever you Yeah, say. I know the term. Yeah, that doesn't mean I should be practicing medicine at this point. I mean, if somebody goes down, I'll do CPR, sure. But it's, you know, I'm going to what I learned 20 years ago, and that's... Hey, if that's, I go down, baby, you're out there and get to the AED, too, and just... Hey, Red's Red's positive, Black's negative. I'll hook you up. (laughs) We'll be right back. When them white oak acorns started to drop, so many I twisted my ankle walking through the stand. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to do with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Jack's Bait and Tackle has everything you need for your next fishing trip. Jack's has small, medium, jumbo, large, shiners, red worms, night crawlers, crickets, wax worms, skipjack for you cat fishermen, and they have a shipment of toughies in. They also have custom tackle, including canine fishing line, the only shop in the area to carry it, soft plastics, and the popular Tennessee rig. Loose crappie rods and bait casting reels are in stock. Jack now carries custom 5-inch pre-rigged swim baits by Lurch Lures, too. Jack's is just a short drive down Bonnie Oaks from exit 153, so it's a convenient stop on the way to the lake or the river. Jack's also carries snacks for your drinks and cooler. Jack's is located at 4228 Bonnie Oaks Drive, and they are open seven days a week for all your bait and tackle needs. They are open Sunday through Thursday, 6.30 a.m. until 6 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays from 6 a.m. until 6.30 p.m. Give them a call at 698-8339, and check out their Facebook page. Jack's Bait and Tackle has been in business for over 50 years, so they know bait. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Just got a message from Pat Rose. He says, watching while he's at work. Hey, Thank Pat. You. Thank you, Pat. Good morning, Appreciate sir. you doing that, man. Everything uh, good? I hope. Hopefully. Trying to multitask. Yep. Uh, doing a sucky job at it. Yeah. We're men. All right, so we're going back to the story. Yeah. So quit. Just stop. You're, you're, you're dying to go with it. I hadn't said anything yet. But you were trying. Yeah. All right. So we have a woman who has seriously been injured by a white-tailed deer that attacked her while she was getting her mail. Correct. According to TWRA, it happened this past Monday. The woman was picking up the mail outside um, when a male deer slammed into her back, knocking her to the ground. 
The deer then circled around her and began gouging her or goring her with her with its antlers. Luckily, it was a four-pointer only and didn't have huge antlers. Uh, she finally latched on to the deer's antlers, and uh, and it drug her around, continuing the cat. That You know, that was pretty smart of her to do that, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bystanders were able to step in and help the woman become free from the deer. She was transported to Blount County Memorial Hospital with serious injuries. The deer was found by TWRA because it had a orange collar around its neck, and officials said it acted unnaturally humanized. The deer was taken to another location and humanized. So, as I posted on Facebook, here we go. We have an injured woman, and we have a dead deer, all because some idiot thought they would make a pet out of a wild animal. With sharp, pointy things coming out of its head. And is, is that a true quote from TWRA? Yes. This is an unfortunate example. This is from TWRA. This is an unfortunate example of the consequences that comes from habituating and humanizing wild animals. In the case of a humanized whitetail buck deer, TWRA sees several situations where they become aggressive towards humans, oftentimes when rutting activity begins. This same rutting activity is also responsible for the uptick in deer versus vehicle collisions in the fall as deer are more mobile during the breeding season. So basically, the deer gets to the point where he just is... Full of vinegar and... Vim and vinegar. Yeah. And uh, and they start attacking people. And this is... I mean, this is a situation, and this is a perfect example of why you don't do this. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, and it just irritates me. And I hope they find out who put the stupid collar and who has been feeding this deer, and they write them a ticket. And I hope that lady... Sends them the bill for her medical expenses. Sounds fair to me. Absolutely. I'm responsible for Gunner if he bites you, right? True. True. Why can't they be responsible for that? They're the ones that tried to make this their pet, and this is what cost this poor lady. I mean, she's lucky she didn't die. They've got daggers on their head, and they're a lot stronger than you think. Oh, yeah. So... I mean, we've done stories about guys walking up to deer, the deer wasn't dead, and them getting killed or elk or whatever. Thank goodness this wasn't an elk or right. she might have been dead. Yeah, this this kind of story always upsets me because it never ends well. Somebody wants to, oh, sees a fawn. Oh, the fawn's left alone. No, the mom's somewhere. Leave it alone. Well, I'll take it in and raise it. And then it always ends badly with the deer being euthanized because people, it, it it's a wild animal. Yes. This is not a domesticated species, not like dogs or cats. These are not domesticated animals. This is a wild creature. We get we and we put out stories all the time, we being T W R uh during the 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 fawn dropping season. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh which basically says, Leave it alone. The mother is nearby. She's put the fawn a certain place where it's more than likely won't be seen so she can go out and, and eat and and get the nutrition she needs to raise both of them. And, uh, and then people come in and, oh, look at the little deer. Its mom is dead or gone. No, it's not. It's just not there. And you know what? If the mom is dead or gone and the baby dies, that is part of it. Vultures and possums got to eat too. So, Not trying to be rude, but that's the circle of life, folks. So, 
There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear I can't remember what I was going to talk about. Isn't that sad? No, no, it happens. I mean, we get on this subject and then we. But it was actually a good. I've been doing this for what? Going on what? A while. 11 years now? No, eight years. Eight or 11 years, somewhere in there. Or 42. 42, 42 years. I've learned to just follow you because we go down so many rabbit tracks that we'll never get back to where we started. I'm going to talk to David. Okay. Hi, David. How's everybody this morning? Hey, David. We are good. Other than I cannot remember for the last 45 minutes what I wanted to talk about, but other than that, I'm good. Well, you took care of the lady and the deer with a collar on it. That was a good that was a good story. And anybody that does not believe the strength of a whitetail deer, you all can probably find this online. There's a video of a big buck and he's got a several does and a couple of small bucks that are just standing in a field and this huge one of those big mountain rams that, you know, will turn a car over. He decides to challenge this buck. Uh, the buck wins. I'm telling you what's the truth. This <laughs> this goat comes at him, I mean, wide open, and they ram heads, and the buck, the buck started pushing and pushing and flipped him over, and the, the big goat got up and run off. He decided he had all the white-tailed deer he wanted. I saw that video. I know exactly what oh, you're talking it, about. That's awesome, isn't it? I, I, never, I would have never dreamed. <laughs> uh, that's a good deal. Uh, Listen, good luck to all the black powder hunters today. I'm not going to get to go. We're going to pull out Tuesday for my Missouri hunt, and I'll give you guys a uh, next Saturday. I'll call in your live roping reporter from a tree stand in central oh, Missouri. Nice. That, that would be awesome. Nice. <laughs> all right. right around right around this time of morning, I'll give you a buzz. I'll be whispering, so you have to turn your volume up. Okay. Or spook my ear. <laughs> that works for us. All right, guys. So, listen, just want to check in real quick with you guys. You have a great morning, and we'll talk to you next week. That sounds great, David. See you. Right, see you later. Bye. Be careful, Bye. buddy. I'll let, I envy him going out there. Big deer in Missouri. I do, too. I, I, I would love to go go into that are area you, with it. Are you inviting yourself? Not yet, no. Okay. No. Uh, I'm trying to think where I've been in Missouri. I've been to... I've been to, what's the capital? Springfield. I've been to Springfield, St. Louis, and Branson. That's the only places in Missouri I've been. All right. I'm going to go pay a bill. Okay. Because that's what I have to do. You need to go get you a cup of coffee, and we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. It sits above the mantle. On a couple rusty nails And it's worth a bunch of money But it damn sure ain't for sale The good Lord only knows all the stories Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, 
as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty's Fertilizer. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Sportsman's Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you this Saturday morning. Coming to the phones. Speak to Ross. Hello, Ross. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Tell you if this cool air doesn't get your blood pumping, I don't know what will. Cause you're gonna freeze if you don't get it pumping. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I just want to take a second here to thank uh, everyone that supported our Ducks Unlimited event at Camp Jordan a couple of weeks ago. We had a great event. Uh, our uh, gross money was a little over ninety grand, and uh, it anticipation may have been down just a little bit. Not sure exactly what the final number is going to be, but but uh, with all our sponsors that made it, I mean, we had a heck of a layout, and we appreciate people like Kubota, Chattanooga, Ram Tool that came in for us. Uh, of course, Sportsman's Warehouse was right. there with us, and uh, it was a great event. And with duck season coming around the corner here, I think right after uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that time of year. Encouraged to take a young man, a young girl out there with you, and and uh, bring them on and and be our future hunters, because that's where our you know passion is to pass on this legacy we have with uh, DU having 14 million, million acres across North America. Uh, so you know we're wanna... we're. Uh... And I've said it, Ross, and, and I don't know that I'm wrong. I'm almost afraid that we may be too late to, to save it as we know it. I, I don't know what it's going to be. And it's not going to affect our lifetime, but I'm talking about in the next lifetime and after that. Uh, we've got to figure out a way to get these youth engaged uh, in the oh, sport. Because uh, we're in trouble. We're, uh, And it's not just hunting. I mean, it's 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 every 
every aspect of life as we know it is facing this issue. Um, it, and I know it sounds silly to, to do this, but golf courses, same problem. You know, the, yep. the younger people are not playing golf. So you've got all these groups, the all the hunting, the fishing, uh, the recreation, which is all supported by us middle-agers that as we start dying off, if we're not being replaced, it's not, it can't continue. It's not sustainable. And this, this scares the heck out of me from a, from a standpoint of, of the hunting and fishing communities. Um, and it just, it, it concerns me. I concur with you, Tony. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, that's where we're at. We're actually doing a project right now, uh, with Harrison elementary. Our chapter here does a lot of projects, uh, and we're building wood duck boxes just to get the kids out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they're a STEM school, and we're partnered with them to put it over at Enterprise South Nature Center just to get the kids out, I mean, out in the field and get them outdoors, do some activity that, you know, besides the, we talk about it all the time, the video games, it's got them trapped. But, uh, yeah, and, and like you said, you got a grandson, I got grandson, kids. You know, just take them out there and get them involved. And once they get involved, they get a, it's like a fever. They go, wow, this is exciting. And they want to do it more and more. I know my grandson's wanting to shoot a deer. I said, you're going to have to learn how to shoot out of a scope right. rifle first before I take you. Because, you know, and I challenged him on that. And so this next year, he's, you know, going to do that for me. Right. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh but like I said, you know, we had a great event, uh, and we're still kind of continuing to work uh, across the state with the Green Wing and the kids. We have our March 14th is our date right. for our free event here in town. So put it, everyone put that on their calendar for us. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned that, and we keep talking about it in uh, when we do the calendar every show. So I got you covered, yeah, I Ross. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I got you covered. You guys do a great job. Thank Appreciate you. it. Like I say, the twilight's coming, and I think there's probably some deer are going to be taken today. The muzzle loader. Uh, you know, I'm not a big deer hunter. Uh, I, w- I wish I was, but it's just something I never have picked up. My father was uh, more than he was a waterfowler, but uh, well, I'm, I'm glad that we have all aspects of it out there. You know, I, I understand you saying that uh, about you wish you were a deer hunter, or whatever. You probably you might have missed the show that we we had this conversation probably about a month ago, and and I just I've basically I never deer hunted until I was I was thirty the first time I ever went, so when you talk to me about hunting, and I'm 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 you know thinking fondly of hunting, it ain't deer hunting. That's just not my deal. Uh, and I was yeah. I was telling Rob and we were talking about it on the air uh, a few a few weeks ago. I think I'm to the point where I'm just not going to worry about deer hunting, whether I do it or not. If I do, great. If I don't, that's fine. I'm going to enjoy doing what I enjoy, and that's uh, the bird hunting, whether it's, uh, you know, waterfowl, whether it's upland game, which is really what my love is. Uh, I'm just going to sp- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend the whatever time I got left doing what I really enjoy more than really worrying about whether I can get out and, and take a big deer or not. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go, but it's not going to be something that just consumes me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be consumed by those those upland birds or the waterfowl or whatever the case is. I mean, that's your passion. So. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
Oh, yeah. I tell everybody I'm a feather guy. I'm not a hair guy. But I understand both of them. And oh, sure. I enjoy it. It's just that I just don't, like you say, I don't put enough time into it to study. It's like anything. You just can't walk out there and jump in the stand and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Because you got to really study it and know what deer you got. And it's a passion regardless. Yes, and, and, and that's fine. I, I'm glad the people out there that have the passion. And, and that's awesome. They drive a they drive a lot of revenue that allows other things to do, but I'm I'm going to really spend my time with stuff that I'm passionate about, and that's more feathers than fur. So, yeah, there you go. Well, right. anyway, you guys have a good weekend, and uh, appreciate your show. And I say uh, thanks again to all the ones who participated in our DU event, and uh, look forward to being in touch through the winter here. Because, like I say, we, we're a couple of weeks away from waterfowl opening, and uh, uh, and it's, you know it, that's exciting to me, so we'll see what happens. Sounds good, Ross. Thanks, man. Thank you. You know, I hate I missed I missed going to their banquet this year. I was in Mississippi. You were in, I was at a commission meeting too. Yeah, I I, I went and represented, and the it was, it was a great event. The food was really good, and uh, the company was not bad either. Sportsman's Warehouse guys asked me to sit with them, so ah. I got to sit with Carl and uh, a few other people over there. Got to see Tyler and got to see some baby pictures from Tyler. Apparently, he's feeding that kid Miracle Grow because, uh, good Is gosh, quick? Oh, oh gosh, yeah. So sat with Randy too and had a great time. Had a great time. Awesome, awesome. I did too, just not there. Yeah, and there was stuff. There was stuff there I, I liked. Uh, I really like those kennels that they have there. The gunner kennels? Yeah. Yeah. That and, and I like the rufflins that we had at uh Quail Forever. So yeah. they had they had I think they had one kennel there and I, I, I don't I forget it was it was somebody else, I forget for some reason, but uh they had boy, they had the vendors out there at that event too. Good golly did they have And in the, the location is awesome for that. Oh gosh concept. Yeah. Gosh yeah. It was All a, right. Let's see. We are, I guess we're at our, man, our final break. Can you believe this? No, today has flown by. Because you're running on adrenaline. Probably. No sleep. And caffeine. Well, caffeine is always good. Yeah. All right. We're going to go pay our our final bill of the morning, and when we come back, we'll get this caller that just now calling in and finish up the show. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty's Fertilizer. Dot com. Jack's Bait and Tackle has everything you need for your next fishing trip. Jack has small, 
large, medium, and jumbo shiners. Red worms, night crawlers, crickets, wax worms, skipjack, and they have toughies in. They have custom tackle, including canine fishing line, the only shop in the area to carry it, soft plastics, and the popular Tennessee rig. They carry loose crappie rods and bait casting reels are in stock right now. Jax carries also custom 5-inch pre-rigged swim baits by Lurch's Lures. Jax is just a short drive down Bonnie Oaks from exit 153, so it's a convenient stop on the way to the Lake of the River. They also carry snacks for your drink and your cooler. Jax is at 4228 Bonnie Oaks Drive, and they are open seven days a week for all your bait and tackle needs. They are open Sunday through Thursday, 6.30 a.m. until 6 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays from 6 a.m. until 6.30 p.m. Give them a call at 423-698-8339, 698-8339, and check out their Facebook page. They've been in business for over 50 years, so Jack knows everything about bait. Welcome back. Tony Center's Outdoors wrapping it up this Saturday morning. Gonna hit the calendar and some other stuff. How about the uh, January 18th through the 20th, the 29th annual Tennessee Sand Hill Crane Festival will be happening at the Hiawassee Refuge uh, Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 5, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. February Uno. Bayside Baptist Church Wild Game Dinner. Uh, that's going to be doors open around 4. And if I'm not mistaken, is that the one where Jimmy's at or is Jimmy going to be at Silverdale? I don't remember. He's at Silverdale, I think. I think he's at Silverdale. I don't know who's at Bayside. Uh, the next week, Silverdale Wild Game Dinner. I love it when they're actually separate nights. I can go to both. Yep. Uh, Silverdale Baptist Church uh, on the 8th. And Jimmy Houston, I believe, is speaking at that one. We'll get those speakers confirmed. Uh, and Bayside always has a big speaker, too. Oh, yeah. And then uh, you heard uh, Ross Malone just a few minutes ago from DU about talking about the March 14th DU youth event down at Covey Creek Farms, just right down there across the state line in Georgia. And that's an awesome event with a lot of lot of opportunities for youth. And it's all free thanks to our friends at Sportsman's Warehouse who, f- who pay for the youths. And they walk out of there with a backpack full of stuff. They do, and including a membership to uh, DU Green Wings, which is awesome. Uh, and there's a lot of other great groups involved in all that too. So thank you everybody for the effort related to that. All right, we got uh, just a couple of minutes. Anything that we haven't hit that we should? Uh, I think every, all the other news can hold. We've got some. Got some other news that we could read, but we'll we'll hold yeah. that till next week. All you guys going out uh, and ladies going out muzzleloader hunting today for the next two weeks. Enjoy. Good luck. It's a chance to to really fill the freezer. I love muzzleloader season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one thing I did see the other day that I didn't realize is you can do. Somebody asked me about testing of deer for CWD in our area, and I'm like, why would you? We won't be doing it. But I saw where we are, actually. You can, uh, there's a freezer going to be at Crossville at the TWRA headquarters up there that's open 24 hours a day. And you can take your skull and about six inches of neck is what they need to be able to do the testing. 
So you can take it up there and put it in there if you should want to. I say I don't know why you would want to uh, because there's no indication that CWD is anywhere in our area. Uh, and until there is a reason, then I wouldn't waste my time testing. That's just my thoughts. I am not an official spokesperson of TWRA concerning that. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's not anywhere near us. Why go to the trouble? That's me. Well, some people may say better safe than sorry, but it's available if you want it. If you don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. I understand. So. I understand. All right. Well, man, we're done. Can you believe that hour is, is done? Gone. It has gone so far. The second hour is done. I need to say uh, yeah. real quick, big thank you to uh, Steve Fry, uh, Brian Batka, and Brian Pettigrass for putting on a great event last night. Uh, the TU chapter here worked hard, and Brian Pendergrass really stepped up, and we had 200 people there last night, so thanks for coming out. All right. See you next week, Tony Sanders Outdoors. You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.